Hello! We have a mini bonus episode for you today all about face masks. You're listening to The Itch, a podcast exploring all things allergy, asthma, and immunology. I'm your co-host, Courtney, a real-life allergy, asthma, and eczema girl. And I'm your second host, Dr. Payal Gupta, a board-certified allergy, asthma, and immunology doctor. Courtney and I hope to balance each other out so that we get you all the information that you want and need about allergies, asthma, and immunology. We recently recorded an episode about COVID-19 and asthma, and we got into the nitty gritty of wearing a mask. And it was seven minutes of all you need to know about how to choose the right mask, how to take care of your mask, can you wear a mask with asthma. And since it was so informative, we thought we would pull it out of episode 32 and give it to you here just in case you didn't get a chance to listen to episode 32 or you don't have 30 minutes or maybe you don't have asthma and you don't think that pertains to you, but everyone should wear a mask. So this one pertains to you. So here it is. Our episode with Melanie Carver, all about masks. Most people can wear masks uh, safely. I know that there's been a lot of questions from people with asthma asking if a mask is going to be harmful to them. And the answer is no. Uh, Most people can wear a mask just fine. And I think it's really important to find one that's comfortable to you to make sure that you will wear it. You know, if you're trying a mask that's just really uncomfortable and you feel like you're having a hard time breathing, maybe just switching to a different one might be the solution for you. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think we've had that question come up a lot too. And ultimately we know, and this is from, you know, even doctors in hospitals doing these kind of tests just to show people that, hey, I've got this really heavy duty mask on and I'm doing my pulse ox while I'm wearing it. And also while I'm not wearing it, you can see that my oxygen level and my body is staying the same. It's really important for people to remember things like that because a lot of shortness of breath with masks, I think is a subjective feeling, unfortunately, where just that feeling of having your mouth covered and your nose covered makes people feel subjectively like they're suffocating. And I mean, there might be something to that if you're outside, it's humid, and then you're trying to exercise, you know, having good airflow in and out while you're actively exercising may be important for some people. If you find that you're trying to do heavy exercise outside with a mask on and you can't breathe well, like Melanie said, it would be good to, you know, try different types of masks and see which one makes you feel less of that feeling. But ultimately, what we do know is that wearing a mask is not going to affect your asthma. It's not going to affect the amount of oxygen that you're getting into your body. That's really comforting to hear. And just so we go over masks one more time, is there a bare minimum of what is safe for you? So if I find like a cloth mask isn't working for me or like a thinner cloth mask works rather than a thicker cloth mask, is there a bare minimum of what is safe and what will protect me? The recommendation we've been giving to people to help them figure out if the mask that they're choosing will be effective. We have two tips. The first is you can hold the fabric up to a light. And if the light easily goes through, that mask may not have enough filtration on it. And so you may need to add another layer of fabric. The other is you can put the mask on and try to blow out a candle that foot away from your mouth or a few inches away. And if you can blow that candle out, then you can see your breath is coming out of that mask probably more than it should be. So again, finding another either type of fabric or adding another layer 
uh, might do the trick. Yeah, that's interesting. And I haven't really looked into any studies or if there's any data out there, but I have seen a lot of people that wear just kind of a bandana that they tie just on one end and they're not tying to their, to the other end. So it's really, there's, there's no seal around their chin and their nose. That's one thing that I'm 99% sure is not going to be as protective as wearing a mask that covers your chin and your nose area and your mouth. It's important to remember that it's not just to have your nose and mouth visibly covered. It's meant to be a snug fit around your chin, your mouth, and your nose. How often should someone wash their mask if they have a reusable mask? Or how often should they change their mask if they're using a disposable mask? So you would want to wash your reusable mask every day. So at the end of the day, remove it by touching the ear loops or the ties. Uh, Try not to touch the front of the mask with your hands. Just you know, use the strings or, or the ties to remove it and wash it daily. You might need to replace your mask more often if you're doing things like physical activity in the heat and you've sweated all over your mask and, you know, now it's uncomfortable. Or I had a recent experience where I was wearing my mask and my allergies hit me and I just kept sneezing in the mask and so I needed to replace it sooner. Uh, you know, keeping the mask dry and comfortable is important. So you might need to swap out to a new mask more often if needed. And that's a really good point, Melanie, is that technically the reason that we're telling you not to touch the front of your mask is that front of your mask is what's protecting you, which means that it could be contaminated with respiratory particles from someone, even if they are wearing the mask or if someone's not wearing their mask and is near you. And so if you do end up touching the front of your mask, it's just another opportunity for you to wash your hands. And then as far as non-reusable masks and how often you should change them, again, it should be every day, but you may not have the ability to do that. And so you have to work with what you have. And so if you're not able to change it every single day, obviously, as soon as it's soiled or for a lot of these disposable masks, the loops on the side, the elasticity wears down after some time. And so people will be wearing them, but because the elasticity is down, it's really not providing a nice seal around their mouth or around their chin. And so as soon as it starts feeling like it's like dangling and not really secure to your face, that means that you have to change it and that you can't and that it's not really protecting you if you continue to wear it. And for those who use reusable masks, do we need to clean it in 90 degree water? Is there anything that's specific to cleaning it? I would recommend making sure that you at least include soap into the washing mix. Um, just a rinse with water may not may not do the trick. Uh, so make sure you're using soap. I personally wash my reusable fabric masks in my laundry and then just do a high heat dry. So that's that's what I've been using. But I would defer to... Dr. Gupta on this one. I'm referring to families or people or individuals who don't have access to a washing machine every night. And if I have to wash my mask every night, what's the best way to do it? Well, there's a couple things for that. One is just having multiple masks. There's so many ways to make a cloth mask from an old t-shirt, from old clothing of any sort, just keeping in mind all of the things that we've already discussed, but having multiple reusable masks so you don't have to be worry about washing it every night would be helpful if you can do that. You know, there's no data on exactly how 
how they need to be washed. The warmer the water, the better usually for most things for disinfecting. But if you don't have hot water, I know laundromats in New York, when they were open, a lot of them didn't have a hot water option. And so I think Melanie's advice of doing it in cold water and then nuking it with the dryer is an option. Again, soap and water of any sort is good. And then drying it to the best of your abilities. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Remember that all information you hear today is for informational purposes only and are not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider. And also don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And if you have a second, help spread the word by rating our podcast and sharing with your friends and family who might also be interested in learning more about allergies, asthma, and immunology. You can always stay up to date by checking out our Instagram, The Itch Podcast, where you can leave questions you are itching to know or check out our website, which is www.itchpodcast.com, which contains more information about the subjects we covered in today's episode and every episode. Until next time, have a fabulous week.